Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Dennis Kombites is recognized as a leader in robotics education. His approach to teaching robotics has helped thousands of students, and he's also trained hundreds of teachers, helping them understand best practices for teaching robotics. He's frequently invited to present at educational conferences, and his presentation, Preparing Students for a Robotic Future, has been described as transformational and something every educator needs to hear. Dennis's innovative approach and strategies have helped educators of all levels deliver inspiring world-class robotics and programming education. Hey, Dennis, welcome to Coast to Coast AM. How are you? I'm doing really great, Richard. How are you? Terrific. Thank you. First of all, I have to ask, how can I be certain that I'm not talking to some artificial intelligence or an intelligent robot? That that that's a tough one now. They you know they've they've passed the Turing test, so you'll just you'll just have to judge me as we go along. All right, all right. Um, I'm guessing you know probably we we interact with technology that may not look like robots, uh, but but perhaps they qualify as robots. For example, I'm thinking of things like Siri or um, uh, Google Nest or a self-driving car. Uh, are all those things would they would they uh, count as robots? I mean, what makes a robot a robot? So I would I would say those are are, are robots, or at least mostly, you know, in the, in the same sphere as robots. And to me, the litmus test is, you know, I guess robotics is really how your computer interacts with the physical world around it. And so a robot has to have a processor, like a computer. It has to have sensors so it can sense its environment. And it has to have the ability to physically interact. And when we think about robotics under that framework, there's robots all around us. Even as simple, things as simple as the doors that open for you at the mall. When you walk up, there's a sensor. It, you know, it sees motion. That gets registered by the processor. The processor says, okay, well, when I, there's motion, I open the doors. So that would be a very, very basic robotic application. But then we get to the point where, you know, a car would be a robot. And I think that that's kind of changing the way people view robotics. We've always kind of viewed a robot as a, a thing, you know, a, a giant machine that's making a car or, you know, even a humanoid robot. We don't think about larger things like vehicles or buildings as being robots, but there are buildings where the whole building will be a smart building and would really be, you know, could be defined as a robotic application itself. Right. Now, you, you're an educator, so you, you meet and you speak with uh, teachers across North America, I'm, I'm guessing also political leaders. Um, and and what is what is your pitch to them? What are you trying? What is your call to action to these to these individuals? There are some really troubling misconceptions about the changes that are coming. You know, a lot of times when we think about artificial intelligence, people are concerned about the singularity or you know robots and and artificial intelligence intelligence becoming self aware, but the truth is that we have reached a level of sophistication in our artificial intelligence now where we are already going to start to see significant societal impacts. 
And so a lot of times people are thinking about AI as some fantastical science fiction thing. The real world consequences for what we already have out there are dramatic. We're talking about massive job loss, and we're talking about um, the social challenges that come with that, you know, massive new opportunity as well. And we can get into those statistics, but it's really a scenario where the, you know, we're on the brink of the largest workforce and societal transition in the history of mankind. And by and large, people don't understand what's coming. So people aren't preparing for it. And what kind of reaction are you getting? Do people get angry when, when you deliver this rather ominous news? Some do. You know, some, some, some respond um, really, really badly. I can recall I was talking with a teacher at a conference in New Jersey, and I was explaining these changes that are coming, you know, the forecast for job loss. And she got so angry at me, she started to physically shake. And then she said to me, you are the worst form of person profiteering off the demise of mankind, and she walked away. And that was the first kind of really bad interaction I had. And it really, it really jolted me. But the next day, she came back and found me. And she said, I just want to apologize for, you know, what I said and how I had reacted. The things you were telling me all run true. And it was really impacting me badly. And so I apologize for what I said. And thank you for having the fortitude to stand in there and keep delivering this message, because this is a message everybody needs to understand. So let's talk a little bit about the numbers uh, here. Uh, we've got a few minutes before the break, and we'll continue after the break as well on this, uh, tugging at this thread. But the you talked about this massive job displacement that's coming our way. Let's just talk about North America. So Canada, the United States... How many, how many people, how many of us will be replaced by a robot? So the, the quick and easy number is there are forecasts that show up to 40%, which represents 60 million people losing their employment. And there's a real critical distinction that we have to understand when we talk about losing your employment to a robot. This is not job loss to a recession. These are jobs that are being eliminated permanently. This isn't something that the government can go, you know, we'll do a stimulus package and, you know, help the truckers to get back to work. We have to understand that if you're, you know, a truck driver, bus driver, cab driver, if you're working in retail or the hospitality industry, these changes will eliminate your jobs. And then we have to think about what the societal cost is of all these people losing their jobs, the societal cost of retraining them. And there's another big stat that is really important. It's not just about the jobs that are going away. The World Economic Forum is also forecasting, I guess they released a report in 2018 that forecast that by the year 2022, so we're two years away from that now, a year and a half away, by the year 2022, a minimum of 54% of adults were going to need significant retraining and upskilling to remain competitive. Now, the cost in the U.S. to do that has been pegged at about $34 billion, close to $25,000 a person. And so 
we start to think about these numbers, and they're they're almost incomprehensibly large. So we have to think about what that looks like for the individual people. And you know, I'm not trying to pick on people in the transportation industry, but let's just distill this down for a second because a lot of times people hear statistics and they can't comprehend it. So if you're a trucker, bus driver, cab driver, and you lose your employment, you know, let's forecast five years out, you lose your employment, you come home on a Tuesday afternoon, you're slouched down on the couch, you're like, okay, now what am I going to do? Well, and so you start going, okay, I don't, you know, if you've been a truck driver for 20 years, you probably don't have any high-tech skills to take the new world jobs that are also coming. So you start going, okay, what could I do? Well, maybe I could get a job in retail. But retail is being hammered by technology. You can't get a job there. Well, maybe I could get a job in hospitality. Hospitality is getting hammered by this technology. Significant job loss. Waiters, waitresses, chefs. And so you start to recognize that this person is going to quickly go, I'm in a lot of trouble. And that's what we have to understand is going to happen not once, not 10 times, 60 million times. And we have to start preparing for this right now. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.